the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Welcome to the USL Show, brought to you by uh, the Beautiful Game Network podcast. Check out literally everything in the soccer world is happening over there now. I think we're adding, like, at least a new writer and and maybe a new podcast, like, every week, which is wild to me, given the circumstances surrounding how those things are happening, but more power to all those people. Uh, BGN.FM if you want to check all that stuff out. Roughneckscarves, roughneckscarves.com if you're trying to get any scarves made. Definitely go hit up our friends at Roughneck Scarves. They do a wonderful job. And uh, my local boy, buddy of mine, lives literally kind of down the road from me at Chris FC. Um, for any kidney that you possibly have, fictional or otherwise, at ChrisFC.com. Hiya! Uh, favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. Definitely your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger. Because how many do you know, really? Just this one. Evan Valala here, joined by uh, two lads. I don't know how honest we are, or if you can really even call us lads at this point in our lives, but we'll try it. Uh, Alan Underwood's here. How's it going? It's it's going. How are, how are you? Doing all right. Last week before uh, I quote-unquote return back to school in digital yeah. form, uh, but sure. you know things are going all right. Um, got a week to plan and get ready, and uh, sprinkle in some soccer in there to keep me sane or try to at least um and the other member of our california delegation pony is here so i'm very much two to one outnumbered today yeah well i'm just reset a lot of stuff for where i have to substitute from work from home and i'm realizing my new work desk which i'm at now has a sun come directly in my eyes right about now so nice i'm squinting a lot and that's why Hey, and you know what's great? It is a it is an audio podcast, so that you don't even have to open your eyes at all, really, unless you want to read something that you've you know written down. Um, and being that you're one half of the stats department, that might be beneficial to you. Alan and I can just wing it. Uh, so Footbob put out a top ten. If anyone saw that, um, so we went. Well, we'll try to do that better. And we we made something. We made something. Um, so Pony, you, you cobbled it together hastily this afternoon. Um, so why don't we run down our as of now, which is it's the third of August, our uh, our top ten USL championship sides over the last I guess month, not even. Nope. Well, More or less. Yeah, kind of. this. It's yeah, been a month's worth of, of games. Yeah. Right, this was the three of us, Ryan and Phil threw theirs in there as well, so the five of us combined came up with the top ten. There are two teams that received points but did not make the top ten, so they become our honorable mentions, and that would be LA Galaxy 2 and mm-hmm. Hartford, who people, we mean, got some points. We At least a few of us think they're in the top ten teams of the league right now because they haven't well, played pretty well, even if they haven't played the best teams in the world. Yeah. 
but it's one of those where I think the top few teams are very clearly a top few teams at this point. They mm-hmm. just the dam bursts from there on out. Yeah, Alan, uh, you had you had LA Galaxy too, right? I uh, I was actually the only one who ranked LA Galaxy too. Oh, unless someone changed it on me at the last minute, didn't tell me they changed it on me. No, they can now, which is very possible. No, Pony, it, you're it the is. only one. I thought about LA. Uh, they had a okay. pretty hot run. Uh, they looked pretty good, um, sure. and then they got sick. So um, we haven't seen them in a minute. <laughs> Li- like literally, their whole team. Right. So I, I yeah, I, that was kind of my thought. I tried to put them in there, but I Go couldn't ahead. make it work. Yeah, that was my thought. I mean, they got smoked pretty bad by Phoenix, but they also blew out RGV, and then they beat San Diego and Sacramento in back-to-back matches. Yeah. I mean, this is a team who I think if they're in a group who did not have Phoenix and Orange County and maybe even San Diego in it, they could probably get out of a group, but mm. I think it might be a little bit too much to ask unless they pull off some upsets. So I think I just kind of had to say put them because right now they look like one of the better teams in the USL. As weird as that sounds to be saying. Uh, I put Hartford in. Yeah, I think a lot of us put Hartford in at the very end. Because... Looking at Hartford. Yeah, actually four of us put Hartford in the, on our top tens. Great. No one put him higher than eighth, though. That Well... And the reason for that is because when your group consists of uh, one of two literal garbage fires in the league right now, another half garbage fire, and then um, a very hot or cold, although, you know, I don't know, they beat Pittsburgh, uh, Red Bull's two side. If you are any other team that's not the Riverhounds, you're you're doing okay here. Like Hartford, I think basically gets two wins for free in this group, and and you know like I, I don't think they're anything special, but they're doing a great job at not messing up, and sometimes that's all you need to do. As yeah, evidenced by I mean, them being on top of Group F right now, which is kind of wild. Yeah, I think a lot of why I was kind of... I put, I put them on 10th in mine, and mm. I think a lot of the reason is there's so much Spurs in last year. Last year, this was one yes. of the worst teams in the league. This year, they have 12 points after five games. I mean, I looked I actually looked up last year. It took them 19 games to get 12 points last year, and it took them 23 games to get their fourth win. They have that in five games this year, even if they're playing a bad opponents, there's no way anyone would have predicted Hartford to be at four wins after and, five games. And I, I undersold it. They are playing like some, some pretty nice looking soccer, too. Like, it's not just grinding out wins. Like, they do, you know, they're, they're doing alright. Right. Speaking of playing bad soccer, Tacoma 3, Portland 0. Um, <laughs> that's still happening. Is there anyone really watching that match? Like, Maybe like three people. I think we know all of them, or or, right or know who all of them are. So that's exciting. Um, yeah. There's a there's a longer rant about how you shouldn't do this to your two sides and how you can prevent this happening to your two sides. Um. And it'll be interesting to see what happens if when the MLS uh, development 
league like starts up for the fourth time they're gonna try that but uh you know having two mls2 sides with uh respectively negative 14 and negative 15 well now it's changed i guess now it's negative 17 and negative 15 uh goal differentials is uh a not uh helping anybody believe in two sides as a legitimate thing to have in your league and then B, and the part that'll matter to the actual clubs, because they couldn't care less about what you think about them as far as how competitive they are, but um, when that impacts your development for your academy kids that are too good for your U19s but not good enough for your MLS side, you know, that's not great. Yeah, uh, Portland and Philly are the arguments against MLS two teams in the USL championship. Which, you know... So many teams uh, do it well. I think you have to keep them. It's just one of those where... I think, that, I mean, I don't want to say pro-rel, but it seems like if a team fails to hit a certain mark for so many years in a row, they should go to one. Yeah, well... I think that's a different argument entirely than what we yeah. should be talking about here. And I mean, also, like, Portland and, and the former Bethlehem Steel weren't always this bad. Right. Very true. You know? Like, Portland like, was really competitive there's... for about half of the season last year. They were actually, yeah, like, a I good mean, team to watch. Lo- yeah, and, and, you know, Philly back in the day made playoffs when they were a different team in a different market with different players and a different thought process. So, anyway. But, I mean, uh, yeah, speaking about 10 out of 10, let's go yeah. to the number 10 team on our ranking list. Sure. See transition right there. And the 10th place team we have is New Mexico for us. Yeah. And I did not rank them, so someone else needs to talk about that. Uh, they're first in Group C... They've not lost yet. I, you know. And and the group that they have, it's them, it's El Paso, it's Colorado Springs, and it's Real Monarchs. Um, Switchbacks and Monarchs look content to sort of play each other really hard earlier in the week. Um, and I, I like what Switchbacks are doing. It's just not really translating to wins right now like I think they have good players and they have a decent system and and they have guys that you know Alan Koch is familiar with but Monarchs still beat them um, and it just looks like New Mexico is kind of a clear number one out of this group because they're on 10 points and everyone else is sitting on 5 and 4 yeah to me this one was like a little, a little bit of an eye test like I like the way some of the, what they're doing offensively uh, they're not giving up uh leads to get to draws as frequently as last year, which is, I guess, a good sign. Sure. Um, and this was kind of a coin flip. I had them in 10th. This is like kind of coin flip between uh, this one and Birmingham as far as who I put 10th. Uh, I moved them around a lot. Uh, but I just like the way New Mexico looks. I also like their chances of, you know, getting out of that group in a, you know, oh. a number one seed over some of those other teams that are I think have some flaws to them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, guess for me, their their win against Oklahoma City over the weekend is the first time to me I've seen. Hey, look, New Mexico looks good. Apart from that, they've looked okay. I mean, when they beat Colorado Springs, they were very lucky. They got a couple calls going their way that they're not going to usually get going their way for that win. Their next sure. few games against El Paso, they looked okay, but again, not world beaters. I think they belong in this maybe top 10, probably more in that 10 to 15 range to me, where I don't mm-hmm. think 
they're good enough to make any sort of any sort of playoff run, but they're not bad either. So it's kind of that, like I've mentioned to start, there's a group of good teams, and then there's maybe an extra 10 teams after that, and they're in that extra 10 teams where, yeah, if you want to call them good, you could call them good, and no one's able to say that's a bad call, but at the same time, you could say they're outside of the top 10, and I don't think you could say that's a bad choice either. And I think that's going to apply for probably the next two or three teams on our list as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that next team on our list, which is our number nine team, is Birmingham. Uh, can we talk about the worst red card I've ever seen in my life? Please yeah, do. that was a pretty ugly red card. <laughs> Alan, did you see this? Is this the uh, like quote-unquote last defender, barely some contact... And then a red, straight yeah. red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bowler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, that's not. This a, that's was, not. Yeah, this uh, is the one that the North Carolina. Yeah. Friend of the show, Austin yeah. Deleuze, was was befuddled, as he should have been. Which was even funnier because, like, that was the North Carolina. Like, he's the North Carolina color guy. So, like, when you're when you're, announcers for the team that has the red card to their, you know, play into their advantage are like, oh, that was kind of weird. Then, you know, that's when you know. Um, yeah, no contact, like, Shields, you know, gets himself in between the ball and the man, and then the dude kind of trips and falls over, running behind him, and it's a red card. And I don't know. I'd, I would be a little more confident in Legion if they didn't lose that game, but there was also some weird circumstances surrounding them losing that game. Yeah, yeah they're not those... that much better than North Carolina that they could play down a man for an hour and get a point out of it. Yeah. I mean, they need they need some luck to get a point, even though they this is the first time North Carolina ever beat them, I think, in league play, but you, you can't play down a man for an hour when you're somewhat in the same ballpark of skill and come, out, come away with a point too often, especially on the road. Mm. Unfortunate. I think it's... I mean, overall, they've looked good. I mean, they got the point against Tampa. They beat Charleston. I think, who else did they beat Mm. Memphis to start the season? So, Birmingham, again, it's that same as (laughs) New Mexico to me, where they're probably going to get out of their... Well, they have a good chance of getting out of their group, but I don't think they have a good chance of making any sort of run without catching fire and or some luck. Yeah, I can see them moving up a few spots in the top 10, just depending on how the season goes. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, even with up into 7th, you're kind of looking at they're decent teams, but those all of those can flip and flop depending on the course of the season, obviously. And um, you're trying to compare some teams that have played almost nobody and kind of garbage bottom of the feeder teams who have, like, mm-hmm. three or four wins – against teams that have played, you know, some of the top teams and don't have as good of a record, but are definitely better teams. It's just, you know, when you look at, like, where Louisville is right now, it's like they're a solid team, but they've just gotten beaten a lot. So you can't put them in a top 10 right now when maybe at game 12, 13, 14, they've moved back up. So who knows? And that's a pretty good transition from Allen there to say, the team who's just beat a lot of garbage feeder teams, but has beat them consistently. Next up on our list is Reno. 
who in fact, if the result holds, will be second in this group, and suddenly, oddly enough, their game against Tacoma August 8th is kind of a big deal. Sort of. Um... Yeah, I mean, Sacramento Republic are still in hibernation, apparently, and Portland Timbers 2 are literally, uh, like, you know your, like, local adult rec league? That's Portland Timbers 2 playing against, like, USL championship sides. Yeah, They're I that mean, bad. Reno, yeah, Reno's one of those interesting teams where they have a lot of talent, but when your best win is... I don't even know if you want to say beating Vegas 1-0, who isn't really even a good team to start. I just, I need to see something from Reno that says they could hang with the top teams and not just destroy bad teams before I put them in the top 10. This is actually interesting for them finishing as high in our rankings as it was, where Reno did finish in 8th. Only three people ranked them in the top 10. Yeah, I, I would almost... You could put either of the teams that are, like, above the line from Group A in this, like, in that spot, and I wouldn't really be mad about it. Yeah, Reno's one of those ones I'm, like, waiting for them to show me what they are. And usually in a normal season, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's wait, like, eight to ten games to see what they actually are. But it's like, by that point, the season's almost over. So Reno's definitely one of those ones that you think can be good, but I'm not completely sold on them just quite yet. I had them ninth. I wasn't completely sold on them as a team that's going to do some damage moving forward. Yeah, the the people who aren't here had them ranked pretty high. I think Ryan and Phil both had them in sixth. Uh, I want to yep, say. Yep. So yeah. That was. So there's definitely. We need next time one of those two around. We need him to defend that. But, I mean, I think the next time Reno has a chance. Maybe to we prove won't. Themselves. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? The next time. Next time <laughs> their chance to prove themselves to me is. Uh, Wednesday the 12th where they're going to play Sacramento again because mm. that is the only good team they well let me see looking at okay though no, they play Phoenix eventually but yeah there's not a lot of teams that are good that Reno plays for the rest of the year mm. but I mean I mean, I, like I thought at the beginning of the year Reno wins group A and Reno just gets destroyed by second place in group B in the first round playoffs and nothing I've seen has changed that thought for me yeah But moving up one more time, up into seventh, which is where we started to have some teams break away from everyone else from the rest of the pack. We have mm-hmm. St. Louis in seventh place. Uh, a little up and down. Yeah. So to be fair. So classic St. Louis then. Yeah, essentially. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's St. Louis. It's a team who could beat anyone any week and lose to anybody any week and. Pretty well, easily do and either. this, the way the scheduling has worked out is like that's a thing that actually kind of happens. So it's like, oh, Saturday, July 11th, we lose to nothing to Indy. Fast forward, Sunday, July 26th, we beat Indy. Like, yeah, it, it's it's funny. And I would say like a one nil win over Louisville is really big deal, but like, what's going on down there? Yeah, we could probably touch on Louisville later, but that's one of the. Maybe yeah. two or three teams I think need to be in complete panic mode right now of what the heck, what the heck, what's wrong? In a 16-game season, you can't take the first month off and bounce back to easily. Can't take five games to get going. 
could make for an interesting end of the season, though, if you take five games to get going and then turn into a good team. Yeah. Right? And then does St. Louis do the St. Louis thing where they f- fade away a little bit like they did last year? And I think that might end up being that, like, if, yeah, if Louisville finds any form at home, and I know it's got to be weird opening a really nice, really pretty stadium to, like, you know, one eighth of the capacity that you would have liked it to be. And I imagine that if, if Lynn was, like, full capacity and, like, everyone was there and it was really cool and, like, they'd be untouchable right now. Hopefully. But, you know, it's not, so they're not. And I think, in a way, going from what was widely... uh, It's not a rumor if everyone's just kind of saying it. Um, The worst, most home field advantage pitch in the league besides, like, maybe Pittsburgh. Um, Losing that... Yeah, I don't know. The new stadium curse. It's not a great excuse, even, for, for not being able to win games you're talented enough you're deep enough you've done it before you have two stars above your crest for christ's sakes but like it's a little weird yeah it's it's going to be come down to what louisville does not to get too far off topic but six of louisville's last eight games are against indy and st louis so Mm, fun yeah that's gonna if they hit form they'll make it out if they are not informed by that point they're probably dead in the water already which would be a complete stunner if louisville misses playoffs this year I mean, right. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's an anomaly and all that. I don't have that on my USL bingo card, so. Mm-mm, no. No. But you should have your 2020 Shame. bingo card because why not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh. Hey, number six. I don't think any of us had this being a thing, but here we are. Where are we? Yeah, six number of San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> yep, six of San Antonio. Who? I mean, uh, that's been a kind of an interesting team. They have a lot of talent, and then they have these weird little lapses. And so far, they haven't got beat too bad by their weird little lapses. Except for that one right. drug against RGV. Well, and you have this weird group of five, and it's like, Bold looked okay in their last match. I mean, did Bold have a team? Uh, did they, didn't they have no. 14 players on their roster for against San Antonio? Yeah, and they lost 4-2. to two. Um, the So is, really, the is, I mean, if anything, Austin Bold wants to remind us of old school USO, where you were like, oh yeah, we traveled with like 13 people. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of weird thing for that 4-2 game is you could look at it and say, Hey, check it out. San Antonio put on a pretty good performance. They took down Austin, who yeah. was a preseason team, was supposed to be okay 4-2. Then you look at it and go, you beat a team who has not been in good form and only had three and only had four subs 4-2. It's like, you have to be doing better than that if you want to be considered a top team. But yeah. I think San Antonio fits this good... They're at the kind of the end of this... or the, the top end of this tier of teams for us where... They're not the elite sides, but you know, if the stars align and twenty twenty continues to be twenty twenty, why why doesn't San Antonio decide to make the run all the way to the finals? I mean, uh, correction, Austin apparently had uh, had five subs. They used four. Oh, okay. I thought they only had four. Okay. I'll see. Maybe it's not quite so, as bad for them at that point, but still, they had to use one of them in the thirtieth minute. 
And they used another one in the 45th. Uh, so... That probably didn't help. But, like, yeah, a little strange. San Antonio is in that, in that part of the CD bracket where mm-hmm. if they get that first seed, they could easily play a weaker team from Group C and and yeah. go on a little mini run and end up doing some damage if someone gets knocked off in the AB bracket. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see San Antonio uh, make it to the Final Four out of the way it's set up right now and the, the t- way that teams are playing. Um, I, I Even though they might not be a top, you know, a top eight team in the in the league uh, at the end of the season, I do see San Antonio having a good chance of just having the right hand dealt to them and then playing it decently uh, to to make it to you know have a chance of playing for the Western Conference Final. Right, right. Yep. They, yeah. They, like I said, this is the team that we all thought are above average. I mean, looking at San Antonio and St. Louis in our sixth and seventh, four of us had them ranked. Four of us had San Antonio in, the, in either 6th or 7th, and four of us had St. Louis in 6th or 7th. So we seem to be in a pretty solid state of agreement that these are the best of the teams that aren't great, if you want to call them that. But we'll yeah. see because this is still so early. And I mean, I'm going to say early in season, but the season's about a third of the way over for a lot of teams, which is kind of scary when you think about it. Apart from the uh, you like Unless you're in a group reason. with... Yeah, I was going to say, unless you're in a group with our, our fifth-place team. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay, number five, which, not who I was talking about, Miami's only played twice. Um, Miami, and, yeah, I think which is, yeah, and so Charlotte's only played twice. Right, and so now Miami gets to play Tampa twice in, in a week and some change, uh, which might be a little rough. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's Tampa being Tampa one, two draws, and another win. Uh, you feel a little bit, I don't know, bad for Charleston just because they haven't had their first-choice center-back pairing, I don't necessarily think. Um, or they haven't had everyone that they, they want to have available to them. Um, but, you know, Tampa just kind of going about their business as usual, and, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to play them now or ever, really. Um they look really good. Yeah, I was actually a little surprised Tampa ended up fifth. I had them second in my in my list. I mean, they're one of the unbeaten teams, even in the games they've drawn yeah. against teams that you could argue they probably should beat. They haven't really looked bad. I'd like to see them get a few games against the top top teams here just to see how they really stack up. But even, especially for the group, I think Tampa's one of the teams that after a month of return to play they seem one of the most likely teams to win a group out of every single group right now because Miami's looked I mean, given what they looked like on paper, it's stunning how bad they've looked on the field and Charleston hasn't really done too much either at this point, even though you could argue they've got unlucky quite a few times so far Uh, Guys, I'm so glad you're here because I don't get this next one Orange County in fourth. Yeah. Um. I right now, I think that they is it because they 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 played a playoff series essentially against Phoenix and came out unbeaten. 
Um, I also like the w- the talent they have on the pitch. I think they upgraded That's from fair. last year. Um, I thought holding Phoenix Rising to one goal, although there was a red card in that one for the second half right. of the second match, but to hold a Phoenix Rising uh, to one goal over you know 180 minutes plus of soccer, um, I think is pretty. That's pretty good. Um, most teams, I don't think, are able to really do that to Phoenix. Um, Orange County definitely put their flag down. Now, they've only played three games. Um, a draw against El Paso that was very, very, very unentertaining. But that was pre-COVID. Um, I just like the way that Orange County's playing right now. Um, I think over the maybe the course of the season, things find their way back, and Phoenix maybe gets three points against them, against them later in the season. Um, but as far as like West Coast teams, I think I would have Orange County ranked number one, um, just as kind of consistency. But they've only played mm. two games against Phoenix, so we do have a small sample size. But I really liked what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I think I could go into this a lot more because it was one of my, I guess you could say, hot takes at the start of the season was Orange County is the third best team in the league before even we went to break, and. I think they've kind of proven it so far. The El Paso draw, 0-0, that's, you look at it and go, that's not the best, but in the last 10 games, even including playoffs, that's the only team who has shut out El Paso. And, I mean, you you don't think of El Paso as a great offensive team, but that's still one shutout in 10 games. That's major points to Orange County right there, who are playing in the league with LA, too, who we've touched on as not bad. San Diego, who is... Maybe not the greatest team, but it's not the easiest team to beat at the same time. And Phoenix, who a lot of people have, is one of the best teams in the league. And if you were surprised we have Orange County top five and even end up in fourth, what else would you rank a team who beat Phoenix, who is the consensus best team in the league preseason over a two-game series with a draw and a win? I mean, I don't see how you have Orange County... I mean, I could see if you want to say, yeah, Phoenix in the long run three months down the road might be a better chance to win the cup. But right now, Orange County is playing better than Phoenix is. And that's why I have them ahead of Phoenix. I mean, I'd like to see Orange County continue how they're doing and who they have the next few game. LA, San Diego, Vegas. I mean, I think that's at least seven points for them. I mean, they just, they look like a legitimate top team in the league right now. And at least in my bracket, I have, I think... Or LA, or not LA, Phoenix and Orange County are the one and two out of the group. They both take out Reno and Sacramento pretty easily in the first round of playoffs. And whoever wins that game wins the West. My, my problem is just that they haven't played since the 25th. Um, yeah, I mean, I get that they don't have a small sample size, but at the same time, the sample, when your worst, I guess you could say your worst game of the year is a draw against El Paso and you're the only team who's held them to a shutout, that's that's well, at like, least I, top five team. I guess. I don't know. I feel like you, you're going to lose to Loyal, which is fine. You'll probably beat Lights because Vegas. And then, like, the Los Dos game's kind of a toss-up. And then, uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't think not playing for... T- I mean, I, and I know they didn't play for, like, 145 days or whatever it is, but, like... Not playing for two weeks, and you know, it's just I feel like it's going to be a little bit hard for them to get reacclimated to getting reacclimated. Yeah, they have, they have six but games this month. We'll find out. So, and they don't play until the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this might be a conversation to come back to in at the end of August to see where they are. Yeah. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I know I looked at the, just out of curiosity, I think last week I looked at, there's almost every team plays about once every four to five days for the whole season right now. So mm-hmm. tired legs are going to be a really big thing, and whoever could has the most depth or the most physical fitness is going to have a massive advantage for the rest of the season. But moving up, number three, just barely ahead of Orange County, is Indy 11. Yeah. And I mean, that Pasher is, is so much fun team. to watch. Oh, yeah, Pasher's... I, I don't think... I think Pasher's gone to the MLS next year on some team. I don't know which team, but... I don't know. Someone has to take the, someone has to take the bite at this point. Unless he, unless he, like, struggles for the rest of the season, which I don't see him doing. Even if he, he struggles for the rest of the season, I, someone has to say, yeah, let's consign him to our two team. I... don't think... He will leave in the eleven. So you think that's a Maybe him call I, versus a? Is that a him call I, or is that a other people aren't calling call? I honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I think other people are calling. I think he doesn't want to go. It might depend what sort of off, what sort of playing deal he gets. Like if uh, they say. If they say, like, hey, we're going to legitimately make some sort of incentive or structure steal, say we're going we're gonna to play so much in the 18, maybe he goes. I'm, just, I'm trying to trying to do some, some digging here. Let me... but, yeah, Indy's been an interesting team this year. They started out really hot. I think there are a lot of people. It's one of the top few teams in the league for the first return to replay for a while, and then they had a couple hiccups recently. I mean, they lost to St. Louis, and then Kansas City decided to send a lot of good people down and beat them 1-0 again. But overall, Indy is... I mean, like uh, like Orange County, all of us had them top five, and I think there's no reason to think they're outside of the top five by any means. It's just where exactly did they fall in it. Uh, all right, I found it. You have to do a little bit of digging, kind of. Um, it's from about a year ago by Tyler Kraft of the Indie Star. But um, the, the, the short of it, it's, it's a good article. He's a, he's a good kid. The short of it, um, seven teams in seven years did his neck, and then Indy 11 kept him around so that he could rehab and just kind of recover from it. And I don't think a guy who's been through that many teams over that short of a period of time that then has a team go, oh, hey, we'll keep you on when he can't play is going to go for um, any amount of, of money or playing time or both. Um, which is weird to say because he's 25, 26. But I, I think he's, he's very much a... a uh, a loyalty-driven person, and I think Indy did right by him. So, you know, as long as he's happy where they are and where he is and what he's accomplishing, then I don't think he's going anywhere. And then honestly, because he's Canadian, 
he might have a better shot with a, with a CPL side eventually. Yeah, I, I just have a because he time. could lead any one of those teams to a championship like tomorrow if he wanted to. Yeah, I, that's my whole thing. I I think unless Indy turns into a team that is going to clearly challenge for one of the best challenge for the cup year on year out, if someone if some random team, like let's say not let's say Orlando comes to him and says, "Hey, we'll pay you an extra hundred grand a year to come hang out with us," that's <laughs> I don't see how you how you say no to that, but because uh, you want to play. I don't know. If someone wants to pay me an extra hundred grand a year to do nothing, I'll you just hit me up. I, I don't think I don't think you spend your prime of your playing career wanting that. Yeah, I think there's it been plenty of guys that get to 30, 31, 32 that do that. Sure, but I don't think at twenty five you want to. Yeah, maybe get paid an exorbitant sports. amount of money to just pack it in. Yeah, I mean it, it's all to each their own of what they want to do, but. One that you want to try to build the career in USL and be recognized as one of the, be the, I don't know, Romario Williams, or do you want to try to make a jump and maybe crash, maybe don't? Yeah, I would, I would go, rather go with maybe the with the the play of USL getting better and better. Like you're still challenging yourself, and you're still, you know, succeeding in a league and getting playing time and playing all the time and getting to show off your talents to a national audience. And if you, if pay is the same, but play is significantly less, do you, I, I'm not sure I would, I would make that jump. You know, if I'm not guaranteed playing time, if I'm just going to sit on a bench, I, I didn't, you know, for the same amount of money, I would rather be stay stick in USL and, have some fun and challenge for cups. Yeah, I guess it's a question of, I mean, you, you can't wait too long. Because if you wait too long, you're not going to get the chance to jump. But if you prove you're better for multiple years in the USL, you might get a better jumping opportunity. But that's a whole different can of worms. And that, I mean, it'd be interesting to, to do a blind survey of top USL players to say, would you rather continue playing on your team and be one of the best players in the USL or move to MLS and have no guaranteed playing time. I just think his situation is so far removed from that debate that it's not, like, that's not, that doesn't even register. Yeah. But speaking of ND11, making another hard pivot in ranking list, our number two team is the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. who have had some yep. brutal last two or three minutes of a few games in a row now. Hey, but uh, Canardo Forbes uh, should make that USL all-time assist lead number something a little more like, oh, wow, that's incredible, than 37. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that came across, he was an all-time assist leader. I mean, that was I didn't know who was. I hadn't been tracking that, but... It surprised me, but <laughs> I was like, you know, I guess it kind of makes sense. You just don't think of Canardo. It was one of the. It was one of those. If uh, a year ago you asked me who the all-time USL assist leader was, I'm not sure I'd had Forbes on my picks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would have had him top five. Um, but hopefully he gets that to like at least 40. 40 is a nice round number. 50 is a nice round number. 
Um, just something that's not, you know, mid-30s. Because I, I feel like that's very... You know, and credit to him, like, how many assists do any of us have in USL Zero? Um, and to be able to, to perform at, at that level consistently for a while and, and pick out your passes and not want to be the score first guy is, is huge. But, like, I don't know. I don't think to a random passerby it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he's the best at setting up goals in this league. And, and someone goes, well, how many does he have? And you go, 37. I don't think that, like, jumps off the page. I mean, part of it jumps off the page to me is, I mean, Destiny, yeah, he has seven this year. I mean, that's... That's fair, yeah. I, I think, like, maybe less than ten teams have seven goals this year. Uh, have more than seven goals, sorry. Yeah. Now yeah. check one, two, three, four... Probably, six, probably. Seven. Most yeah, of I think has, like, seven, seven teams have at least... have more than seven goals. So he has... <laughs> His assists are more than most teams have scored this entire season. So I mean that's that's pretty impressive. Even if it is early, even if he may have played more games, that's one of those things you look at and go, that's a special talent. And who would ever have thought Lily Ball is going to be responsible for one of the players who has more assists than anybody else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Phoenix's five games, nine points is not, like, groundbreakingly amazing. Um, sure. But I, I think some of it is you just look at the way they play. They're clearly a better team than that. Uh, two of those wins are against a team um, that won't be mentioned in a top ten um, unless it's either, like, negative or it is, mm-hmm. you know. But... I, I think looking top at the top ten way, USL championship teams that people want to fire off into the sun. Yes, that would be, be the list. They'd be on the top ten of that. Uh, but I, I, I think like watching them, it like that Louisville game really I think speaks to what kind of team this is gonna be. This is, and yes. um, I think that they're hungry to uh, finish out a season uh, playing for the cup, and yeah, you know this might be. This might be a good year for them to really put that behind them and move into that position of it's it's a really nice little year for teams that are just rock solid consistent because like I don't think you have to necessarily quote unquote get hot right around the playoffs and then carry that and then it doesn't necessarily behoove you to start out really strong. So for a team like Pittsburgh, or for a team like even, you know, St. Louis or San Antonio is a really good example of it, or where it's, you know, no, they're not, like, lighting the world on fire right now, but, like, that's never been a thing for them. And they're okay with that. And I think in a long season, they get a little bit lost in the shuffle because right around when when the playoffs would normally start, they don't look super, super strong. Um, But now that's not as important. And I think Pittsburgh could really sneak in, surprise some people. The way they play kind of benefits weird, hot, five-sub, water break, every 30 minutes kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think Lily does a really good job at, at 
winning those 15 minute matches that the cliche always talks about because now like there almost actually are 15 minute matches to be played here yeah to, to me i mean you just need i mean pittsburgh has been so close to having being an unbeaten team right now if you look at it they have allowed as many goals this season in regulation and the first four minutes of stoppage time as they have in 90 plus five minutes and beyond two of their four goals have been allowed in 90 plus five and beyond and they've only allowed two before that. It's just their late game luck is absurdly bad. I mean, yeah, you can say you make your own luck and it's not all just bad calls or weird things, but if Pittsburgh was a three win, two draw team instead of a three win, two loss team, no one would be shocked with that right now. I mean, there's no one going, they deserve to lose against New York, they deserve to lose against Indy. Those were pretty drawn games from what I saw, and Pittsburgh got unlucky very late. And if their luck shifts in the really late stoppage time for the rest of the season, they're going to be a threat to be reckoned with because that team is looking solid even if they haven't played the best sides. I mean, I, I think they're just one of the better teams out there, and they get a revenge match against... New York and Indy in their next two games mm. and I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe not win but I'll be surprised if they don't just focus on defense and just try to stifle both those teams for what happened last time the other thing that Pittsburgh has going for them is their group is not nearly as competitive as group E is where it's like they don't have that pressure to we have to get three we have to get three we have to get three mm. whereas in group E they're going to be playing every game full out into the into the playoffs and Pittsburgh I think yeah. has that ability to kind of tinker and figure some things out and kind of set themselves up and maybe they don't win their group but I don't necessarily think they have to win group F um, I think that they have the uh, ability to kind of uh, tinker and, and, and mess around or not mess around but because I don't think Bob Lilly messes around but tinker and play with formations and and work out some of those things into the playoffs. Whereas right now, you know, Louisville's playing for their life. Uh, St. Louis and Indy 11 are going to have to play for their life. I think Pittsburgh is in, just like San Antonio, I think, is in a really good situation moving into the postseason um, just by the nature of the groups they're in. Yeah. And let's talk about how unlucky Pittsburgh got with their out-of-conference games. They get Louisville, Indy, Indy, and St. Louis. I mean, that's probably one of the roughest out of out of group schedules you have in the entire league yeah and, if, and even if they only get six points from those four matches they're still in they're still sitting in a driver's position because i think that they're gonna i mean they're gonna win against philadelphia they're gonna win against loudon they're gonna you know more often than not gonna win against baby wolves so Mm-hmm. Even with that tough setup, I think that you know they don't have to win all four matches out of their group like some of the other groups do. Yeah, right. if Pittsburgh has not won their group by the middle of September, I think that's a failure on the season. I mean, they should have that one with at least three games left. Uh, number one, and it's it's Phoenix. And everyone goes to Phoenix, but it wasn't a consensus. It was not, no. I say, Alan and I had him down a bit. 
And you put Orange County there. Yeah, it was interesting that. Which the whole East Coast cruise. Alan, you could have at least best. put Loyal there or something. Yeah, we act, it was interesting to me. We split the East Coast crew said Phoenix is the best team, and the West Coast crew said Orange County is the best team. Yeah, this one was a tough one because it was like, do you is this top ten now or is this top ten? I think like teams on right, paper right. as they play, like Phoenix is is gonna win this group, I think, unless Orange County can keep you know, if Orange County draws Phoenix, they have a chance of of surprising and finishing number one. Because um, they're kind of in the driver's seat for that, but I think over the course of the 16-game season, like seeing the way that Phoenix plays everybody else, it's it, and the people just can't seem to compete against that team. Uh, there are some definite weaknesses on Phoenix, and I think if you ask Phoenix fans, they're going to tell you that the midfield is is okay. Uh, the back line could be caught out because they play kind of high, and that's how they uh, that's where Orange County was able to to beat them with some with some speed and pace on. Um, and balls directly over the top uh, from Aiden Quinn. Um, I like them. I had them third. Uh, but right now, I think um, there's a couple other teams that are just playing a little bit better than they are right now. Over the course of 16-game season, yeah, Phoenix is probably going to be the best. Uh, but for right now, I just don't see them as being the number one team right now. Yeah, I was in kind of a similar situation where if you had to tell me who's going to win the Cup, three, four months from now. I mean, Phoenix probably, but at the same time, right now, Orange County is, to me, Orange County is a better team than Phoenix is. I mean, if nothing more, they just took four points from Phoenix in two games. I have a hard time unless Phoenix, in the meantime, has been knocking off all these juggernauts convincingly to say that Phoenix is clearly better. I mean, the El Paso win, that's a great win. I think, I mean, putting three games, three, not three games, three points up, three goals up against El Paso. I think that's the first time El Paso has allowed three goals in the first half. And then Phoenix kind of coasted to the win 3-1 from there. But I, I think that gap that people are saying Phoenix is the best team by so much at the start of the season and this pre-restart, I think that gap is so small where, yeah, Phoenix is one of the best teams, but so has or- Orange County has been too. Like I said, when we went back to Orange County, your worst results, the draw against a shutout draw against a team who scores almost every single match they play in and who made a deep run in the playoffs last year. It's just... Orange County could lose to Vegas tomorrow. I mean, yeah, they could. I mean, Phoenix could lose their next game pretty easily. Who's Phoenix playing next before I say that? Yeah, Phoenix... New Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I could see New Mexico get a point from Phoenix. It's not super likely, but I mean, it could happen. There's a lot of things that still can happen. I Right now, just if Phoenix and Orange County played and we had our pick'em thing, I'm taking a draw. There's no way I could take Phoenix in that game. Uh, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't get behind that. Maybe I'm just being contrarian no because I like to be contrarian at times, but Mm-hmm. I mean, Phoenix yep. has. Looked- if Phoenix and Orange County played on the t- on on Friday, Phoenix would absolutely wipe the floor. Absolutely, especially if Orange County hasn't played in three weeks by that point, wipe the floor with them. No, 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 no. no. Then, I mean, then like why said- didn't they wipe the floor with them? Then why didn't they wipe the floor with them after no, they played no, after no, the no, break the last no, time? No. That was after a long break, and they came out no. and they got a one-one draw. No, because now Phoenix has three more games in their belt. 
And Orange County does not. Orange County is coming off of a anyway? wow, okay, blasting out of LA Galaxy. Wow, Orange County Phoenix don't play again yeah, for blacked out almost two months. LA Galaxy's kids. They, there's no, there's no way. I can't. I mean, I picked Orange County to win the last match, so that would be consistent. I it think would if, be consistent. I think if you after LA and after Orange County plays LA and San Diego. And if it doesn't go well, then you ask me again, yeah. then for sure. But right now, based on the evidence that I have, I I can't put Phoenix above Orange County when Orange County held them to one goal in two matches. Like, to I'll me, take- that's the biggest thing. Like, I have never seen Phoenix Rising that frustrated on a pitch in a very long time. Because it's been that's a very long time since yeah. they lost a match. But, I mean, I think Orange County just happens to have phoenix's number right now they know how to play them i mean they know how to frustrate them they know how to get them under their skin and that takes them off of their game like i think it's a pretty even matchup i would probably if it was like in phoenix i'd lean more phoenix but in orange county you know orange county is going to win or draw more more often than they're going to lose i think they've lost once since they became Phoenix Rising and Orange County to Phoenix Rising, so I'll take the same similar road out. Home team is the home team is a favorite when these two teams play right now. Even though, again, I'd probably pick a draw no matter where they're playing. If you had to, if I had to make a, make a guess of what the result would be, I'd take a draw. Wow. But the two of us who picked Orange County are here. You should have got your East Coast yeah. brethren online. Yeah, yeah, I got no one else with any common sense here tonight, so that's, that's frustrating. I have uncommon sense. And that might be even better. If it, was, if it was common sense, it would happen way more often. It's true. It's true. Thank you, Mr. Langley, 10th grade biology teacher. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> very, 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 very cool, Mr. Langley. Um, yeah. I, I think I th- are, does anyone else have any um, any closing thoughts? The Conway just won four zero, so Portland Great. Arguably one of the worst teams in the league, still proving it nice and they solidly. Are now literally the worst team in the league. I'd like them to get a point so I can actually start doing predictions that make sense instead of having team at zero points destroying everything I do. But No, you can you can just put them at zero. You can just keep them there. That just ugh. I don't like the way that no, looks. No, just keep I know. I mean, does anybody I mean, look else. at it now, I mean, they, well, I was going to say they could lose out, but they played Tacoma three more times. Why is Tacoma going to play Portland five times this year? That's not fair. Oh, well. Yeah, looking at their schedule, I don't see like a, oh my goodness, they can, they might actually draw this outside of maybe Tacoma. But even then, like Tacoma's actually has a team that plays decently even with just the, their kids. Yeah, Tacoma can score. They've now Tacoma scored three or more goals in three straight games. There's something I never thought I'd be saying at the start of this year. There you go. Um, yeah. I'll just end on it's really difficult to be united against racism when you can't get all of your markets to agree on what to do about that fair enough 
It's a little weak. Just a little weak. To be like, oh, we, you know, here's a hashtag. That's cool. I mean, they can just black out their Twitter profiles again. That was, uh, that was a nice touch. Mm, mm. Yeah, you know, and that almost solved it, too. If only we did that for longer. Damn. I mean, they could just black out Portland and anyway. no one would even notice. No. Yeah, no one. Well, there's always next year. There's always next year, guys. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's pretty bad you're saying that after a month of games. There's always next year. Not when you have that kind of terrible happening. Anyway, speaking of that kind of terrible happening, if you'd like to follow us and tell us how bad we are at talking about soccer or uh, anything of the like, feel free to at the USL show. Um, until next week, probably, we'll, uh, we'll be watching the games so that in some cases, you don't have to.